VGK blows a two-goal lead versus the Ontario Reign. Um, sorry, uh, the LA Kings. No, it's the Ontario That's Reign. It. Definitely the Ontario Reign. <laughs> and they lost 4-3 to three in the preseason home opener. We recap the game coming up next right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Your Locked On Golden Knights, your daily podcast on the Vegas Golden Knights, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick from Las Vegas. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Find us wherever you get your podcast. Also find us on X at Tony Dasco at TD Chris G at Lockdown VGK and subscribe to the YouTube channel that is Lockdown Golden Knights. Chris, I thought you said that uh, each team has to play eight NHL veterans. Um, and VGK wound up playing the Ontario Reign last night. Golden Knights blowing a three to one lead Akil Thomas of the Kings slash rain um, scored the hat trick last night. Tyler Madden won it in overtime, 29 seconds remaining there. And Bruce Cassidy was not pleased that his team blew that two goal lead. Yeah. I wanted to find really fast here. I'm dig- digging up the exact pregame or the exact preseason rules. So, all right, so minimum of eight vets, and then it's a forward or defenseman that's played 30 NHL games during the previous season. A who goaltender. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna look at this in a second. Uh, okay. A goaltender who either dressed in 50 or more NHL games played or 30 the previous season. A first round pick from the most recent draft, or a hundred total NHL games. So we were talking about this upstairs yesterday, and. I don't think uh, Hooten's got 134 games, and then no one else even hits the games played threshold besides uh, Connaughton. I hope I said that name right. Yeah, Connaughton. Um, yeah. And then Santini as well. So that's three players. I don't think they had four first-round draft picks out there. Um, unless one of the goalies. No, the goalies didn't hit it. So the only the thing really- that we assumed was because the team, uh, the Kings, no, because was in Australia. Australia. They had to have a waiver for that game, which created an interesting circumstance last night because you have you know a lot of the players that are looking to make impressions either to stay with the Kings potentially. There's literally one player on last night's game, Brant Clark, who we think is actually competing for an NHL roster spot right now. The rest of the players are you know just kind of there filling spots, so to speak, going to be with Ontario or even uh, ECHL clubs. You know, come uh, this as soon as this weekend, but. It created an interesting dynamic because you had the the King slash Ontario Reign slash whatever their ECHL team is. They're pushing the envelope pretty hard. And we're going to talk about the Mark Stone hit more in this second segment, of course. But you saw the Golden Knights vets. When they turned it on, they moved the puck really well. But it, they weren't on the whole time. They were, you know, you could tell the vets treated this as a preseason game, whereas the, the King slash Ontario Reign players treated this as game seven of the Calder Cup finals. Right. Should, we, to be fair. Talk about I'm not knocking yeah. him for it. I'm not. No, we we talked it. about that. And so did Cassidy in the post game about the danger of playing your veterans. You want them to go up and down the ice, you know, get some work in, 
get some repetitions, but then they're playing against teams. And we saw it the previous uh, night there, a couple of nights before in Colorado, where the Avalanche players played a physical game. They're all vying for jobs and there's a lot of hitting physicality and such. Yeah, I mean, listen, the Golden Knights is a veteran team and they know what to do and when to do it as the season progresses. We saw this last year. We saw this with a number of players. You know, they, the Golden Knights came out, shot out of a cannon to start the previous season. Middle third, you know, some injuries and some poor play. But then obviously the vets all um, figured it out, you know, for when, when it mattered, basically, come February through obviously uh, the Stanley Cup parade this past June and how this applies to a preseason game in the end of September, you know, a week and a half before the regular season starts. Well, like Cassidy said, you got to get them out there. They got to get their reps. They got to have their game speed. And if you don't play people in the preseason, it's, it's going to set them up for a worse failure because they're going right from practice playing at you know, 45% to all of a sudden, you know, giving it their all in games that matter. And that's when injuries happen or, Poor play happens, bad timing, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Brendan Brisson had the opportunity to play with a couple of pros and did pretty well. He had that goal, and he started alongside the top liners, Eichel and Marsha. So I thought it might be Barbashev last night, but close call. Okay, close call, Barbashev. Uh, oh, that was bad. I'm too tired. You can get the same. Yeah, yeah. Right I know. Tired. I know. It's, it's bad. No, it's pretty good, actually. Okay, what did you think? Um, I mean, it, it's tough to measure anything from this game because the top two lines were NHL players playing against, you know, AHLers, ECHLers, etc. But when the top two lines were out there, it was a significantly different game. You saw their gap control differently. You saw the crisp passing. You saw stone and march or so just taking turns picking the pockets of uh of the players on the kings last night and if they if they would have applied themselves to like an 80 percent of an nhl game speed the golden knights at least the top two lines would have put up six or seven goals last night but they didn't and they don't need to do that i mean to be completely fair it's about the timing it's about getting the breakouts done and etc etc but um back to brasan i did like his game he found open space out there and i mean that open space might have come courtesy of uh the king's defense collapsing of course on march or so and eichel but they were finding him uh finding brisson early and often in the game and you can see that it felt like they were trying to feed brisson last night they wanted to you know get his finishing ability going and stuff and it's good to see Cassidy taking this shot because I the Golden Knights are not breaking camp with Brennan Brisson on the top line unless some crazy injuries happen, which could happen in Vegas. Oh, yeah. But later in the season, there's certainly an opportunity you could see Brisson up on the top line because let's face it, that's where he has the lowest amounts of liability because Eichel obviously is improving as a two-way player and Marcheseau can uh, handle himself on both sides of the ice just fine. You talked, uh, you asked the question of Cassidy about uh, the two-way player-ness of Jack Eichel and that he played on the penalty kill. And we're going to see more of that. We kind of anticipated that, didn't we, during the offseason anyway? 
Yeah, I mean, Riley Smith's void, if you will, leaves a huge gap all over the ice, but, you know, the penalty kill was one of his biggest areas of responsibility. Um, I think Cassidy made a comment about the different, you know, shots and stuff like that, but it, it was noticeable how often Eichel was out there on the kill, and there's no better time, obviously, to do it than right now, and we'll see if that continues once the regular season starts. I think the plan is to definitely improve Eichel's penalty kill time. But Cassidy also mentioned what's the sacrifice if you do that, because you're taking away some meaningful, you know, minutes and fatigue and stuff like that. And he's out there killing a penalty. So there's the give and take right there. Um, That said, I think you are going to see Cassidy wanting to roll all four lines as much as possible, especially early in the season, which can allow Eichel to get more time on the kill. But, you know, as the games increase in importance as the season progresses, you might see Cassidy get away with that if uh, he feels he needs Eichel's scoring ability to be out there more instead of him killing penalties. I thought we might have seen on the power play opportunity maybe a difference there with the power play. I felt, and we've talked about this in the past, Dominic Ducharme's influence, I felt, of putting all of your best players on the power play. So that one power play unit at <laughs> Stone and Stevenson, uh, Marcia so was out there. Uh, Eichel was out there and Petrangelo. So you're putting some really good players out there and a lot of firepower on the power play. And that could be the influence that we spoke of that Ducharme did in Montreal. That could be, and I'm fine with that once the regular season gets going. And you see that model work, of course, in Edmonton. Um, that's maybe more of the McDavid effect. But still, point being is there are a lot of teams that are going with a power play one. And then their next power play unit's not power play two. It's about power play 12 because the spread is uh, 12 to 1 in how many minutes the power the first power play unit gets. Um, if there's a, something I'm going to question from last night's game being a preseason game, I'll start by saying why is Brisson not a part of that top power play unit? Um, a huge part of Brisson's potential regular season value comes to for his ability to score power play goals, number one. And number two, back to the point about the first power play getting long shifts, they were getting long shifts last night. Um, I counted uh, over a 90-second shift before players actually went out on one of the Vegas Golden Knights power plays. And I don't know if that's necessary in the preseason. Obviously, if these coaches who make uh, – you know, these seven figure salaries, if I guess if they feel it's it's that's the way to do it, they know more than I do about it. But I would have liked to see Brisson out there. There's there's a good chunk of power plays for the Golden Knights last night. It would have been nice to see Brisson get an opportunity, a sustained opportunity, a sustained there it is, Cody, Tony sustainability, a sustained power play. Um, just another quick takeaway here. Come Twa being on the third line with Ron Bjerg and Morelli, was it? I got this. I'll check when, 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 when you, okay. when I turn it to you in a second, but you know, come being on that third line. I, I don't know what, what the possible takeaway from this game could have been like, what could come have shown Cassidy last night? Because that third line didn't sustain a lot of pressure. They were just kind of out there uh, pacing up and back, so to speak. But Cassidy did also mention in the post game that we'll probably see come Friday night. And, could this be the if and William Carlson? I mean, this is all of a sudden becoming a mystery. Uh, Carlson, Carlson's <laughs> injured. Apparently, he's not. Injured. 
Um, they were talking about it on the post game a lot. Like it seems they like did? he might come, might be coming back. Okay. Um, Ryan Wallace was mentioning that, but I mean, obviously that's all hearsay. We'll see until um, you know Friday comes. But point being is maybe this is where we do see a line of William Carlson, assuming he's he makes his debut with Comtois and uh, Michael Amadio. That would be interesting to see because that's obviously Comtois just going directly to Riley Smith's old spot. One thing that really does tweak South Beach Bruce and Cassidy, I should say, uh, is the fact that and gets them to start to sway is when the younger players lose puck battles. He talked about that in length last night as well, right after the game. And one of the areas that he says young players uh, typically just don't go after the loose puck against the boards. Sounds pretty simple, but hopefully this is something they clean up now with Ryan Craig on the minor league level. Yeah, no, that's certainly important. I mean, if you had a dollar for every time Cassidy mentioned uh, winning your puck battles and winning your races, you would be a millionaire by, uh, I don't know, by November. I mean, that's how important it is to Cassidy and how often he mentions it. And it's it's such an elementary perspective. It really is, right? It is, you know, the the simplest of the ways to break down an important aspect of the game. But you win those puck battles, you win your races, you get scoring opportunities, you win hockey games. It's really that simple. Uh, Jacob Berbranek, he was centering the line with Comtois and Ron Beard last night. And mm-hmm. Ron Berg had a penalty shot last night. I just thought about that. It was that uh, he blew. He blew it. That he, yeah, he blew it, Tony. That was terrible. I can't believe he blew a penalty shot in the preseason there. Um, but, I mean, talk about a game that had a little bit of uh, everything last night from, uh, you know, the, the scuffle we're going to talk about to the penalty shot to the late drama to overtime and uh almost Chandler a shootout and hitting the post stevenson yeah stevenson rocked one off the post there and he had he had a lot of great chances i mean the overtime was interesting it was it was sloppy it was choppy and honestly i'm kind of surprised that cast even decided to put the vets out there but i guess you got to play some of them because you know half of the forward lines were vet heavy so you know i mean it's it's preseason the score is pretty irrelevant um but you read between the lines some of the takeaways and starting to get some hints about the direction the team is going to be going when they break camp. I thought that Logan Thompson should have played some more last night. Um, if not, you know, why not Logan Thompson for a complete game? I'm hoping that they play him for a full game as Aiden Hill went the distance last night and played the entire game plus the overtime. He stopped uh 24 20 on 28 shots he stopped 24 attempts and gave up the four goals i don't know why they played him the entire game and uh two of the four goals he gave up deflections and at one point he did stop 14 consecutive shots and looked pretty sharp at the beginning of the game through maybe the midway plus point of the second period yeah aiden was fine last night i mean he had a good flurry of saves uh near the end of the game after the Kings tied the game before overtime started, they were, uh, the Kings were buzzing and we're kind of like, okay, upstairs, like, all right, someone scores. So we don't have to go to overtime in a preseason game, but oh, that, 18 that, that round shootout. I was begging for that. Yeah. 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 Some more misery over there. Yeah. Carp was, was, was busting our chops about that too. He brought up, uh, I think the long crazy shootout game last year, you kept talking <laughs> about too. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's fun. It's good to see T-Mobile on um, great crowd last night. Great, great crowd, especially Were there for really seventeen thousand fans there. Um, I posted a video of the crowd, and there was honestly, I totally, counted about fifteen nine seventy one. Perfect, based on your video. 
Right, but point being is, Tony, if you remember, I posted some videos like that last year during the regular season, and especially in granted, we're you know F one and construction that's still happening and and all of that, so we're going to take this with a grain of salt, of course. But I felt like last night's crowd actually exceeded some of the videos I took last season of some of the regular season games. So, oh, you know, credit to the to the locals wanting to come out and uh, support. I mean, they were roaring every time they could. And uh, hearing um, hearing a game day Bruce, our announcer, hearing him uh, referencing the welcoming the Stanley Cup champion Golden Knights, that was uh, pretty cool to hear that throughout the night. And, uh, you know, a lot of emotions triggered as you're walking back in the arena for the first time, seeing the jerseys and, you know, a little emotional thinking about the moment I had with Chris, obviously, my son, when uh, they, the Golden Knights, when they won the Stanley Cup and just seeing all that. I had, I had two uh, members of my hockey team there last night, actually. Um, I gave one, one of my season tickets to one of the families and then uh, um, a friend of the program actually uh, sent some tickets my way for someone um, on the hockey team. So a couple of my uh, hockey teammates got to see uh, – the Golden Knights in action last night, and you bet I'm going to quiz them uh, at our next practice on Monday night and see what they learned and uh, everything except the Mark Stone uh, melee. But really fast here, but I know you want to transition right well. It's 17 minutes already. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really quickly here, uh, Chicago Power soccer game, indoor professional team going way way back. Uh, we have an outing where all of the youth house league kids get to go watch a game. Mind you, a freaking brawl breaks out in an indoor soccer game. Like people jump in the boards, punching, like worse than really any hockey brawl because they're not in skates and just the mayhem breaks loose. So my dad, who was the coach at the time, asked like one of the one of the players on the team, like, "Hey, you know, what, what did you learn about the game today?" Well, I didn't know you could punch people. So I hope my players didn't take that away. So take us to the next segment. That's right. And that next segment is the dangerous hit on Mark Stone starts a melee. We'll talk about that when we return. Very lengthy first segment right after this on Locked On Golden Knights. <laughs> Love the convenience of getting what you want right to your door with DoorDash grocery delivery. You can stock up for the week or order last minute cravings conveniently. That's right. You've trusted DoorDash to deliver your restaurant favorites, and now you can get grocery delivery that actually delivers too. With thousands of grocery stores to choose from, you will find the best in your neighborhood and boost your local economy with each and every order. You'll get exactly what you ordered, or we will make it right. So sit back, enjoy the quality groceries, just like you pick them yourself. Want even more value? then you can save on all of your grocery and restaurant favorites with a $0 delivery fee. That's right, on all eligible orders with a Dash Pass membership. That's right, and with easy substitutions right in the app and best-in-class customer service and support, DoorDash delivers groceries exactly how you want it. Get 50% off of your first DoorDash order up to a $20 value when you use the code LOCK. And you can use that at checkout, limited time offer, terms apply. That's 50% off up to $20, no minimum subtotal, and zero delivery fees on your first order. Again, that is DoorDash. Welcome back. Lockdown Golden Knights, Tony Cardasco, Chris Gallick, coming to you from Las Vegas, as we usually do, unless we haven't traveled much. I, I think I was on location in Chicago once. I think you were on location in Mandalay Bay once. 
I was <laughs> remember that Mandalay Bay. Uh, that was awesome. I was. Uh, oh, yeah. I was also at Park MGM one time. Yeah, and then last year well. we tried it with uh, really bad Internet when I was on the road traveling last summer, uh, summer ago, not this past summer. In any event, uh, thanks for making us your first listen. And please subscribe to the YouTube channel, Lockdown Golden Knights. And WTF is coming up tomorrow. That's what the Friday. Make sure that you give us some of your heat, some uh, some more of those terrific comments. We got to talk about the dangerous hit by Hayden Hodgson on Mark Stone after Stone pretty much got rid of the puck. Uh, I felt it was a charging penalty upon first glance. I saw you going back and forth. The Kang fans were, I mean, the Rain fans were just on fire last night. <laughs> I was reading the tweets this morning. <laughs> the punches were thrown. The players uh, from VGK came to his defense. Uh, again, you know me, I'm a multimedia guy and watching the game and listening. And they thought that Howden got hit with a cheap shot. No, Howden just jumped into the pile, started swinging away. I don't oh, think he got yeah. hit with any no holds barred shot. at that point. I don't care what happens, no holds barred at that point, but yeah. And then I felt really bad for Brant Clark, um, because oh, Mark Stone squared up with him. Grabbed him by the jersey, uh, and then that poor kid who's 22 years old, trying to make his team, and definitely not not wanting to fight Mark Stone, and Stone had that look of fire that was trying to read his lips and oh, don't read his lips. Okay, I don't want to say what what he was saying, but no, he he was really definitely uh, ticked off. It was a pretty dirty borderline hit. And Stone said that he wanted to grab, like, the most veteran-like player. <laughs> the veteran's a 22-year-old player in Brant Clark. Yeah. So, all right, let's start with the hit here. I, I finally this morning saw the north-south angle. The only camera angle that they kept showing last night when it happened was the actual moment where Stone got throttled. He got crushed. He got laid out. Um Cassidy had a real interesting take on this too. We'll hit that after we break the hit down. So the north south angle, this the first of all, Hodgson is he's targeting Stone. Let's be clear about that, which is okay. You're allowed that. He's that's trying what, to make the team. That's yep. what happens. You're it was a charge. A it would have been a charging penalty in my world. But he so here's the way a charging penalty works in the way it's gotta it's, be like three steps, and the guy in Stone got rid of the puck already. As long as you are gliding the moment you make the hit. So you don't take that last step right as you're making the hit. It's not a charge. The player that hit Stone, both his feet are planted on the ice, and he was going fast, but he coasted into him and laid him out. So I think that takes the charge out of the equation. So there's two other penalties that you could possibly assess there. One is a rough, but it really doesn't apply in that circumstance because it's a, it's an open ice body check at that point. The only other penalty that's remaining is inter or an elbow or something, but it was there was definitely not an elbow involved there. So the last penalty is interference, possibly. Stone plays the puck. It takes a strange bounce. Stone is whacking at the puck with his backhand right as he gets just crushed. So it's a hit you don't want to see. Let's be clear. You don't want to see it. And it's a hit that I don't think Drew Doughty would have made or Anze Kopitar or any veteran that understands that this is a preseason game, all right? 
you have these kids out there trying to make a name for themselves. That's how many times we hear that in the post game. You have them not really understanding the difference of preseason and practice and regular season and AHL and ECHL. It's they're on the ice, they're playing, they're having fun. And, you know, it's a hit you don't want to see. But the response was perfect. I mean, the game stops and every single player on the ice, I'm surprised Aiden Hill didn't, didn't want to get involved, but every single player on the ice wanted a piece of him. You had the melee break out and then you have Stone just grabbing the first person he can see and it's, oh, you, know, 20, it's you know, a 20-something-year-old nobody. 22, yeah. Um, some of the, the comments were great here. This is, and of course, this is Kings people chirping me and it's fine, And but just understand I'm going to give it right back to him. So... Some of them were funny and good. Yeah, some yeah, Paul Stone like a baby. And I said, listen, any other NHL captain is going to respond the same way when they get hit by a 27-year-old with seven career games, right? You know, you know then, what I say, you know what I say too, though? I say that this is perhaps an indicator of, of what's to come. BGK will have a major target on their backs and get used to this now because the entire league is going to headhunt or do whatever they need to do to try to take down the Vegas Golden Knights. End of story. Good. That's a good thing. That's a good thing because it's going to force the Golden Knights to be engaged. It's going to force the Golden oh, what Knights What are you saying? To... Bring up uh, Joe Fleming? Yeah, bring up Joe Fleming, right? Yeah, bring, bring in Ogie Oglethorpe just to be safe. But point being is it's not a bad thing if every single game that the Golden Knights play in this regular season is treated as a team trying to make a name for themselves. What happens when they play the Arizona Coyotes or the Columbus Blue Jackets, teams that are loaded with, you know, 24 and under year old players trying to make a name for themselves, trying on to Friday you know, on Friday. If on William Friday. Carlson is on the ice, which I don't believe he will be, this is going to be bad. against Arizona. Be bad. How funny will that be after he blasted them at the victory celebration? Oh. <laughs> he better be prepared. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if anyone here even remembers that. But, yeah, who knows? I think I mean, Arizona will. You know, I'd be curious to see if, like, the Arizona, if the Arizona PR team or their day of game production team had the stones, no pun intended, had the stones to like put that on their on their mini tron. It's not a jumbotron because they play in a small arena. So if they put that on their mini tron, as like you know, bolts and more material. There you go, Tony. That was good. But one of the one of the fun interactions last night. You know, Stone needs to should have shown respect to the fringe player that hit him. And then I responded, said maybe this is the year Hodgson actually becomes a fringe player because he's a 27-year-old with seven NHL games and three career points. So, you know, Bruce Cassidy, so put a bow on this here, but Bruce Cassidy actually had a very strange comment. He mentioned that it was odd to see Stone in that place on the ice as a right winger. So basically, Cassidy says Stone was out of position and got blasted, and that's what happens. I don't know. I mean, I Cassidy, <laughs> Cassidy lacks. It's not what he said, but mm-hmm. he basically did say Stone was out of position. He did say Stone was out of position. So Cassidy's filter is is, is already off. Uh, you know, in the first um, home media scrum of the preseason, which I'm okay with that, but. Is that really the best thing to say right there? I don't know. No. I don't know, but it's positive that Stone took the hit, got right up, didn't miss a shift. So, you know, maybe his health is better than we anticipated. That's a good thing. Honestly, I did say, I did see, and I was just trying to read his lips, and I watched it back a few times. I think he said, no, seriously, I think he said, I'm going to kill you, boy. And you should, the look in Clark's eyes 
was like, that was priceless. He was petrified, not petrified, but petrified. Coming up, Petrangelo took some liberties with him throughout the game. He jumped, he jumped back in there, and Marsha so just started to hit everything in sight after that, which I thought was kind he was of throwing, funny. He was throwing elbows. He was throwing elbows. I, I know. Coming up next, uh, we take a look at the status of Zach Whitecloud, who's injured. We'll talk about that when we return right here on Locked On Golden Knights. We are back. Locked On Golden Knights from Las Vegas. Tony Cardasco, Chris Golick reporting. Thanks for making us your first listen each and every day. Make sure that you check out What the Friday Tomorrow. Subscribe to the YouTube channel, Locked On Golden Knights. What is the latest on Zach Whitecloud's condition? Uh, something that we heard perhaps could be uh, upper body uh, sternum injuries, what we've been hearing, I've been hearing, and I can report that so I don't get thrown out of the press box. In any event, What's his latest status? Nothing. I mean, it was we were kind of talking about more upstairs pictures, a little bit. More photos. It, yeah, I mean, that's what it comes down to right now. They're um, they're trying to figure this out. I mean, I mean, they probably know already, and they're just waiting for the right time to say as little as possible because that's what happens with an NHL injuries: upper body, lower body, and going to miss some time day to day, week to week, month to month. I wonder how soon the Golden Knights in the NHL are required to offer injury designations because week to week, I mean, we know what these injuries, we have an idea what these injury timetables mean, right? Day to day is two weeks. Week to week is a month. Month to month is three months. And we've gone through all of that, you know, in the last two seasons with various Golden Knights players. So, once White Cloud's designation, if he even has a designation, maybe maybe he's on back and back practicing today. And maybe he's in the game Friday night. Like White Cloud had a pretty quick turnaround when we all thought he uh you know blew his knee out when um Rupe Hints fell on it in the playoffs Rupe last Hint. season. Yeah. So yeah. you know, White Cloud's been through injuries before, and hopefully it's not what you're alluding to with the sternum. I've I haven't heard that yet, but if that I mean we saw obviously uh, Matthew Kachuk. It, it kept it kept a player out of a Stanley Cup final game. So, you know that's a big thing right there. If uh, there is any type of sternum issue with um, White Cloud, I mean he's super important to this team, and you know everyone appreciates seeing him out there and everything, and uh, definitely need him on the ice. But Ben Hutton, I mean Ben mm-hmm. Hutton had a little razzle dazzle last night. We it took us uh, thirty minutes to even mention Ben Hutton, but uh, Hutton had actually a really strong game. So and was laughing about his uh, spinorama and the post-game presser and everything. And Hutton's such a gem to talk to. He's just so relaxed and you know, just a, just a kid in a candy shop in the NHL, right? Yeah. One thing that VGK has got to do, I said last night, I thought that they would put more shots on goal and be more consistent with their play. Um, the Colorado game, right? I don't know what they wound up shots on goal. 14-23. I remember that. It was bad. What was it? Vegas only had Vegas only had fourteen to like twenty three shots or something like that. Yeah, but the other thing that concerns me are these major droughts. So sixteen minutes plus, I think, in Colorado last night there was that span of ten forty. I think without a shot on goal uh, that took them into the third period, and so that's something I think they want to be more consistent. With obviously, you want to put shots on the net, and I think that that's something that will concern over time. Bruce Cassidy as well. He'll start. I mean, we, we've talked about shots on goal. This goes back to the Pete DeBoer era with, you know, firing 46 shots on net, but generating four quality scoring chances the entire yeah, game. Yeah. 
from the um, outside, right? All those perimeter shots. Yeah, I mean, just just basically getting puck marks on the other goalies' <laughs> um, crests, you know, on their on the logo on their jersey. Like that's all those that's all those shots are good for is dirtying up the other team's goalies. So, uh, you know, it's tough. I mean, let's see what happens, especially if the Golden Knights do roll a game with three lines of veterans and have that sustained. There it is again, that sustained pressure throughout the game. Getting outshot by the Ontario Reign last night, 26 to 28. I don't like that, but, you know, again, the vets know when to turn it on. And the temperature, the, the focus was lost for about six minutes in the second period um, to see if they can all get a piece of. I mean, there was a time where they were just hitting everything, not just Hodgson, but everything they could. And, you know, it was um, I, the only question I'm going to go back to last night's game here. I know we're talking about White Cloud, but no one challenged Hodgson. No one, I know I'm saying his name right. Maybe they talk about the guy after the show, but Hodgson. Hodgson. Okay, whatever. Seven games, three points. Got it. Um, no He's one. A veteran. He qualified no one, as a veteran last night. Seven guys. He was probably the third most senior veteran on the team, but why does no one challenge him? Why did no one drop the gloves with him? That's the only question. You know, you had it like, like Max Comtois. What a great spot for Comtois to make a name for himself last night. I think that was honestly a missed opportunity by Comtois just to get recognized in the post-game presser by Cassidy for the team standing up for each other. If Colasar's in that game last night, Hodgson, Hodgson, Hod doesn't last. Hodgepodge. He doesn't get past two shifts without Colasar. Wait, 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 wait. What was the stone quote? Which it's one? probably the last time I'll ever play against him. Yeah. He's not yeah. a good player or something like that. Yeah, I mean, it was Stone. Uh, the the post game was just an absolute gem from Mark Stone. It was so amazing. It was Mark Gemstone. Mark Gemstone. There we go. It was like watching. I think Danny Webster was um was in my shot as I was videoing it, and you see Webster just smiling and losing it, and you don't get a lot of emotion from Danny Webster, but watching no, him, uh, pretty funny. Crack, you know, he was he was the heel wrestler that that cracked character in 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 the promo cut last night. It was great. Don't forget, coming up tomorrow, it is WTF What the Friday. Please leave your comments wherever, either on our YouTube page, Locked On Golden Knights. Subscribe there as well. Or, of course, on our Twitter handle at Locked On VGK. We thank everyone, especially our everydayers, for helping us to get along as we now are five days per week. For my man, Chris Golick, I'm Tony Cardasco. We'll see you tomorrow right here on Locked On Golden Knights. Take care.